0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's newest episode of our PrepCast. This podcast is dedicated to MBA and master's orientation and preparation. My name is Martina, and I'm glad to say hi to our guest speaker today, Dr. Don Martin. You know him very well, actually, from our previous episodes. He is a CEO and founder of Grad School Roadmap. And he will tell you a little bit more about his background in a couple of minutes. Uh, Today's topic will be what's the biggest mistake you can make in your business school application. So please stay till the end to hear all of the tips and tricks that Don will give you. Don, thank you so much for sharing your time today with us. It's a pleasure having you here again.
1: Martina, it's my pleasure. Believe me, I thank you so much for Uh, inviting me back every time and I absolutely enjoy these conversations with you and with with your students and hopefully they will take away some things that could be helpful to them again as they continue to get ready to prepare their uh, applications.
0: Great thank you so much one more time and let's start first Okay. with uh, maybe let's highlight the five biggest mistakes that everyone makes. Could you please uh, give from uh, from, your, from your experience uh, some um, uh, advices
1: about this? Absolutely. I'd be happy to. Now, before I share the five that I believe could be some of the greatest mistakes, please let me say that there are probably some others too <laughs> uh, that that applicants make uh, every year, but in terms of the the overall completion of an application and all of those that I've read over the years, these are some of the ones that I would say uh, applicants can make the most make the most. Uh, Uh, in their their completion of their materials. The first, I wish I didn't even have to say this, but they don't follow directions. If they're asked, for instance, to submit two letters of recommendation, they might have four letters that they submit. Or if they're asked for a one-page resume, they provide a two-page resume. If they're asked for a 750 word essay, they'll give a 1200 word essay. Now, these things in and of themselves may not seem like such an issue, but from the standpoint of an admissions dean like myself, and when I worked at Chicago Booth, I obviously was looking to find out about this applicant and whether or not they might be a good match for our program. But if they couldn't even follow directions in completing their application, that caused me concern about how they would respond to directions and requirements once they got there. And if this is repeatedly done, if, if there's maybe one type of this mistake in an application, that's not going to derail everything. But if there are other times where it's clear over and over again that you did not follow directions, that's going to hurt you big time. Another, of course, is cheating or misrepresenting yourself. There's just, there's no, there may be an explanation for the temptation to want to do that. We're all human, and sometimes we're all tempted to do things that we shouldn't. That doesn't make us bad people. But what crosses the line is if we decide to act on that temptation and somehow cheat in the completion of the application. And obviously, if that is discovered, and in this day and age, it's discovered a lot more than it used to be because of certain guards and, and processes that have been put in place by admissions offices to discover if someone does this. And if it is discovered that you have on your application, then obviously you will be denied immediately. There will be no, there's no questions asked, there's nothing else you can do, It you're, you're denied. So. That's another major mistake. A third one is coming across as arrogant or overly confident. Now, this is, this is a bit difficult sometimes. There's a fine line between confidence and arrogance. But let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Someone might be asked in an application to talk about some, a, a, a major accomplishment that they had, of which they're very pleased. And, and so forth. And in the description that they give about that accomplishment, they refer to themselves, they'll say something like, due to my absolutely outstanding communication skills, or due to the fact that I alone accomplished this with, and it, it comes across as if you are sounding as though, you know, you are some person that's above everyone else. Now, to me, if you wanna talk about your communication skills, you could say something about, you could say, I, I believe that my communication skills are, are strong. They're always growing, but I believe I have good communication skills and I believe that that helped in this situation. That's a little different than saying, due to my absolutely amazing communication skills. That, sound, that goes overboard a little bit. So you wanna be careful and if you're wondering about certain things, you know, does this make me come across as being arrogant? Ask a friend, Get, uh, hire an admissions coach like myself, or ask someone to help you navigate that. That's very important. A fourth mistake is simply not answering the essay questions or not answering them fully. Let's say one of your essay prompts has three questions. Let's see, why do you want an MBA? what are your short and long-term goals and why have you chosen our MBA program? That's all in one question. Well, when you answer that, you need to answer all three of those questions and you you need to allocate the appropriate time and space to do that. You don't want to spend, if it's a 500-word essay, you don't want to spend 300 words discussing why you want an MBA, and then only 200 for the remaining two questions. You want to answer each question fully and thoroughly. Don't leave anything out, and make sure you allocate enough time and space for each of the questions you're being asked. Lastly, another mistake is leaving something unaddressed or unanswered or unexplained. Let's say you have had, in the past five years, you've had four different jobs in five years. That's a bit unusual, unless there's been a layoff or unless your company was bought out and everyone was let go, those things happen. But if in five years you've had four positions, that's going to raise a, not, not necessarily a bad thing, but it's going to raise a question in the minds of the admissions committee members, how is it that this person has gone through four jobs in five years? What that's a, that, that would be a bit of concern. Or let's say your GPA is low or your GMAT or GRE scores are lower. You don't want to overly apologize for that, but you do want to say something about it. You do need to address it. So you you need to make sure that if there is an area of your application that could raise a question in the minds of the committee members that you've somewhere addressed that in an essay or maybe in one of the regular essays or maybe with an optional essay question, which many applications allow you to use. So those are five of what I consider the major mistakes applicants make when working on their applications.
0: Great, thank you so much for uh for giving this really valuable information and you mentioned essays yes. so um is it easily recognizable when the essay is generic and not tailored to the particular business school from your admissions point of view
1: Ab- yes absolutely uh if if your comments are so much so that you could take out the name of my business school and put in the name of another business school and it would fit the same way, then that's probably not the best essay. In other words, now, I, I need to clarify that. If several business schools all ask this question, why do you want to get your MBA? Well, then you could use the same answer for all of them. If, if that, that to me would be acceptable. But in places where they're asking you Uh, in particular, why are you interested in our MBA program? Why us? That's where you need to be very careful about being too generic. Many applicants, I don't, obviously they don't do this intentionally, but they might respond to a question like that saying, your facilities are great. Your faculty are world renowned. Uh, Your alumni network is extremely desirable, extremely appealing to me. Well, you could say that about many, many, many graduate and business schools, many. That doesn't say anything. If you're asked why you have selected that particular program, you need to supply and provide reasons that do not apply to any other program to which you're applying. That's a, that's a, that's a secret that many applicants don't know about, but that's the truth. If you can really respond very, very specifically to that question with reasons that you chose that program that would not apply to any other, you've just moved yourself up in terms of being noticed. And so now the other thing I would say that you wanna be careful about, sometimes when folks are asked what their short and long-term goals are, they go into this thing about they want to help society they want to contribute to the greater good they want to make the lives of their country and their fellow citizens better that's that's good but there again that's a little bit too generic you want to be able, if if you want to help your country you want to say how do i want to do that what are what are the specific ways i intend to do this if you want to contribute to the greater good how do you want to do that you, want to, you, you, need to, you don't want the reader to go away thinking, well, that was awfully general. That was awfully generic, and there was no explanation of it. It was just a statement that, again, they could make about anything. So those are instances where you need to be very specific, and you need to be very focused in what you're talking about.
0: Great, I absolutely, uh, I am agree with you. And um, talking about the profile and setting realistic goals, yes. um, should applicants be realistic about their profile uh, or should they set higher goals and focus on out-of-reach schools? Uh, what do you think um, about this?
1: That's a great question, Martina. And I, I guess I would say that people, uh, They actually could do both. But first and foremost, to your point, you need to, as an applicant, you need to be very honest and realistic about your profile. You need to be truthful. If you don't have the best grades, if you don't have the best test scores, if you maybe, if if you don't have everything exactly as you might wish, You need to own that. You need to be honest about that and and realize that, with that in mind, there could be some options for your graduate education that may not be available to you. That's just the way it would be. You need to be very honest with yourself. Now, that said, let's say you choose to apply to six to eight programs. Okay. If one or two of those is what you might call a out of reach school or, or like a dream school that, that you would love to go if possible. I don't see any reason why you couldn't apply, but you need to be very realistic that when you submit that application, the chances of getting in might be lower than some of your other options. So you, in my opinion, at the end of the day, of the schools you choose to apply to, you need to be very realistic and have some schools on that list that you think there's a very strong chance you could be admitted to, but that doesn't rule out applying to one or two uh, higher-level, more selective programs if you so desire.
0: And uh, actually, what do you think about if they exaggerate about their profile? Is it considering as a lie from admissions' point of view, or not exactly?
1: That's a, that's a great question. I almost was going to answer right off the bat, but um, I would say eight to 10, eight to nine times out of 10, if you exaggerate your profile, it's going to be considered that you were being dishonest. I mean, uh, where this usually happens, Martina, is in the academic section with someone's GPA, where they I don't know what they think that I don't know how they could think that this wouldn't be noticed, but uh, at times they, someone might have had a 3.25 GPA overall and, excuse me. And they, they decide to just change that on their resume to 3.52 instead of 3.25. Obviously that. That is exaggerating, but that's cheating too. That is absolutely misrepresenting yourself. Uh, if you worked for a company for three years, don't say you worked for them for six years. It's very possible, especially in this day and age now, admissions committees will check information on the resume to verify that it's true. So, uh, And if you, if you didn't get a promotion at a job, don't say you did. And you know this brings this I'm so glad you asked this because this brings up to me the the best way you can approach your application process truly, truly is by just being honest and being yourself there's there's no reason to exaggerate there I understand the temptation. you may feel as though other applicants are going to be stronger than you and there could be some that are in certain ways, but let me just share something with you as a former dean of admissions. Those with the highest grades and the highest test scores didn't always get in. There were folks with lower grades, lower test scores, very low sometimes, who got in because of other elements of the application that were so competitive and so compelling. So. Don't immediately assume that something on your resume is going to absolutely rule you unadmissible. That is just not true. So you actually increase your chances of getting denied if you yield to this temptation to embellish, exaggerate, or simply lie in your application.
0: Great. And the next question that just immediately comes to my mind is, what should they rely on the most? Is it the feedback that they will receive uh, or uh, something else? And actually, how can they avoid choosing the wrong person for reference? Could you give them some um, advices about this? Because I guess it's um, it's really difficult, actually,
1: uh, to choose. Yeah. Martina, these questions are phenomenal. I'm so glad you're asking them. This is just another outstanding. Great,
0: question. I'm glad to hear this. Thank you.
1: Oh, no, these these are great. And the reason I this question is not often asked, and I'm so glad you asked it. And here here's the reason why. Believe it or not, recommendation letters often are the reason that a candidate is denied. In my when I worked at Chicago Booth. Just during that 11 year period of time, I evaluated probably between 75,000 and 80,000 full time MBA applications. And at that time, I was the person who made the final decision on every one of them. And we had a, a policy at the Booth School of Business at that time that every applicant who completed their application. Would have a full review by the admissions committee. Nobody was denied because of a bad grade or a, you know, if we looked at a test score and said, Oh, that's not no. We evaluated every single applicant who completed their application. Of those applications, 90% of them contained recommendation letters that were useless. They absolutely didn't help me at all. They didn't, they, they were so vague. It was very clear many times applicants would choose someone that was like the CEO of their company, but they didn't know them that well, or a very influential politician or businessman that they'd met at a dinner party. One time we got a a recommendation letter at Chicago booth for an applicant from the gentleman who at that time was vice president of the United States, a gentleman by the name of Al Gore this recommendation letter was two sentences. That was it. There was nothing of substance in it. that applicant was denied by the way. It was so, there was, it, was, it, was, it, it actually hurt them more than helped them to have a letter from the vice president of the United States, clearly because of the two things that I believe are the best qualities of a recommender. First, that they need to know you long enough and secondly, well enough to respond to the questions they're being asked. So the best way to choose a recommender is not based on their prestige or their fame or their wealth. Absolutely. That's a big mistake. It is just, I'm telling you, it's a big mistake. You want to choose recommenders who know you how long enough and well enough so that they can comment truly, and authentically about who you are, not just by saying Martina is a wonderful person. That doesn't tell me anything really, but Martina is a wonderful communicator. And here is how I know that. Martina is an outstanding leader. She is able to really bring people together and motivate them to get the job done. Okay, that's great. How do you know that? Well, here's, here's, an ex, here's two examples of when I saw that happen. When you have a recommender who can do that, that puts you up a notch in the, in the because so few do this. They don't take the time to, to really complete the, the questions as they should. So first you need to pick someone that knows you long enough and well enough, and then you need to provide some coaching, if you will, for those individuals. You need to give them some information that will help them to prepare a good letter for you. So choosing the right person or persons for recommenders is critical. And I thank you for asking that question. That is excellent.
0: Awesome, thank you so much. And uh, we all know that each component of the MBA application should introduce some new and valuable information actually. So uh, how can applicants avoid repetition in this situation?
1: Well, Here's here's how I would answer that. This may come as a surprise to hear what I'm about to say, but I don't believe that it is completely um, disadvantageous to an applicant to, to repeat something. Now, let me give you an example. Let's say that in the resume, when they are describing their educational background, as an undergraduate, this applicant won a prestigious academic award when they graduated. They were given the, the scholar of the year award or they were given the presidential academic scholarship, uh, highest scholar of their class or something. So that's on the resume. Or let's say another example would be in a, in a description of some work responsibilities and a, a job description, they indicate that they were promoted to another position. There's nothing wrong if it's appropriate. Let's say there's an essay question that says, what do you consider to be your greatest accomplishment? Or tell me about a time when you received a special honor and how you dealt with that. There's no reason that they can't repeat what they said on their resume. That's absolutely fine. If it, the, the time to repeat something is if it is germane, if it is appropriate, if it seems relevant to the particular point you're talking about, then there's no problem. Now, I don't know that you'd want to say something about, you You may not want to highlight something more than twice. You wouldn't want to do it three or four times. But if you've mentioned something at one place, especially usually this happens if it's on the resume, and you want to highlight something about that, one of those points in your essay, that's perfectly acceptable. There's no problem. You just want to make sure it ties in appropriately with what it is that you're mentioning in that instance.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for uh, answering this question as well. And uh, let's close uh, today's uh, episode with uh, the last question that um, I want to ask you today. Okay. Actually, how uh, can applicants avoid uh, leaving confusions or gaps if they decide to leave any? And do you think that uh, this uh, can go against them if they decide to uh, uh, leave some gaps?
1: Yes, it, it absolutely can, Martina. And actually, as we may remember, when I was talking about five of the mistakes that you can make as, a, as an MBA applicant. One of them is this very thing, to leave something unaddressed or not discussed. Maybe you've mm-hmm. had a gap in your work history or you took, you took some time off between your academic work and work, maybe you took a year off to travel or you need to be sure that you are absolutely addressing that in the application. If you don't, it, you, it may not be that you would be denied admission but what could happen is that you could be placed on a waiting list because they would want to have more information about this. So my strong recommendation is when you feel now now we have to be careful that people don't go overboard in the other way and become obsessed with every little possible question that they think the admissions committee could ask. That that might be that might be a little dangerous but If there's a true gap in your work history, as I said, if you've worked at four jobs in five years, if your grades were lower, let's say you have under just around a 3.0 GPA and you recognize that that's a bit lower than what many applicants will have who are applying for this program. You absolutely need to address that. And my advice here is you can explain what you believe contributed to that but you don't make excuses. You don't, or you don't start feeling sorry for yourself. Oh, woe is me! I had a hard life. No, but let's say you had a low GPA, and in your first two years of college, you really didn't apply yourself as you should have. Then that's something you should acknowledge. There's no, there. You're not going to be uh, denied automatically because you didn't apply yourself in college. I didn't do that the first couple of years of my undergraduate experience. Many people don't. That's not. That doesn't mean you're going to be denied. So this is something you want to be very, very careful that you do address with some explanations, but not excuses.
0: Great. Thank you so much for giving all of this really valuable information. I strongly believe that we uh, give some direct points and make the maybe the picture Uh, more uh, clear to our listeners today. I want to thank you for sharing uh, your time with us, of course. um, It's always a pleasure talking (laughs) with you. Uh, I (laughs) I want to remind everyone that they can find uh, a link to Don's website here in the description of this podcast. And of course, I will leave um, links to the previous episodes that uh, we have uh, recorded with him. So we you will have a chance to listen then as many times as you want. Uh, Of course, feel free to visit our websites, unimai.com and unimaiprep.com, where you can find all of the materials that will help you uh, in your uh, MBA preparation. I want to wish everyone a good luck and uh, have a nice day. And of course, stay tuned for more.